The scripture today is James 2:14 through 26. What is good what good is it my brothers and sisters if you say you have faith but do not have works can faith save you if a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food and one of you says to them go in peace keep warm and eat your fill and yet you do not supply their bodily needs what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I by my works will show you my faith. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, your senseless person, that faith apart from works is barren? Was not our ancestor Abraham justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was brought to completion by the works. Thus the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Likewise, was not Rahab the prostitute also justified by works when she welcomed the messengers and sent them out by another road. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks. Thank you, Michelle, for reading our scripture today. Will you pray with me? Holy God, send your spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. So when I was serving as a pastor in Central City, yes, up the mountain where all the casinos are, um, there's a church in Central City called St. James United Methodist Church, the oldest Protestant church in Colorado, by the way. When I was um, a pastor up there, I was told a story about a previous pastor who had been there years and years and years before, who used to tell the congregation, if you want to make money, you gotta spend money. Now, this was more than just a finance ploy. He really meant something much deeper. What he meant was, if the church wanted to see new people come into the church, they needed to take whatever money they could raise or generate or spare and put it back into the community through service. And through that, there would be um, a generating of community and people being curious about the church. From that idea, Ermel's Thrift Store was born. Um, Ermel's is a, a quirky little storefront on Main Street in Central City. If you ever go to Central City, um, or if you know like about the historic Teller House, it's just a little bit down from that, just on the same side of the street as St. James Church itself. There, residents from all over Gilpin County would donate their outcast clothes and books and toys and household items, and volunteers from the church then would work on the weekends and staff the store. 
All proceeds went into a fund that was used to help people in the community. When a family was having trouble paying for propane during the winter, Ermel's was there. When a single older lady needed some eye surgery and insurance wasn't going to cover it all, Ermel's was there. For a young couple that lost everything in a fire, Ermel's was there. When I was the pastor there, I volunteered at Ermel's um, a couple times a month. And every single time I worked, I had someone come into the store that I probably didn't know that had some story of appreciation or gratitude for what Ermel's did. It was the main outreach mission of the church. And it gave the community life. Even if people didn't know about the church, St. James down the road, they knew about Ermel's, good old Ermel's. In his book, The Five Practices of Fruitful Congregations, written by um, Bishop Robert Schnazy, he says, risk-taking mission and service is one of the fundamental activities of church life that is so critical that failure to practice it in some form results in a deterioration of the church's vitality and ability to make disciples of Jesus Christ. When churches turn inward, using all resources for their own survival and caring only for their own people, Spirituality wanes. In our scripture reading today, James has a pretty strong statement for the early Christian community. Faith without works is dead. The New Interpreter's Bible says of this passage, James's passionate insistence in this section that faith must be translated into practice seems like the most obvious good sense. We might wonder why it even needs saying. Yet the evidence is overwhelming that precisely this reminder needs to be made repeatedly and urgently because there's something deep inside humans that leads them to presume that knowing the right truth or holding the right position is enough to make them righteous. I had kind of an interesting day on Friday. It was a little bit of fall chill in the air, and so I didn't even think about what I was putting on. I put on a t-shirt and I put on a sweatshirt over it and headed out for a day of running errands and doing things. Later on, it got warm and I took off my sweatshirt, revealing my y'all need Jesus t-shirt that Jimbo got me for Christmas one year. Now truthfully, I usually only wear that shirt around the house because even though I think it's cute and silly and because I'm from Texas, I 
especially appreciate the y'all part of the t-shirt. It feels a little bit judgmental when I don't know people that I'm seeing out in the world, so I usually just enjoy it at home, but I was wearing it on Friday. Every single place I went, someone commented on my t-shirt. At Home Depot, I was buying some paint for our main bathroom down the hallway here at the church, so watch for the unveiling of the new bathroom soon. But as I was at Home Depot, a worker came up and he said, do you need any help picking out a paint roller? And I was like, no, I'm fine, thank you. And then he walked away but did kind of a double take at my shirt, and he was like, I, I just wanna make sure I really understood what that said. And then he said, yes, we do, by the way. Out on my walk in the afternoon with the dogs, several people stopped and commented on my T-shirt, or once they got close enough to see what my T-shirt said, they'd say, hey, I like your shirt, or yeah, that's right. That evening, when I was picking up our traditional Friday night pizza that I pick up every Friday night. The gentleman behind the counter said, you know it, pointing at my shirt, December 1983, that's when I met Jesus. Of course, in all of these interactions, I just smiled or said thanks. <laughs> and I want you to hear this, I really do not want to assume anything about the people that said something about my shirt and their faith. Maybe they just thought it was funny or cute the way that I do. But it kind of made me feel uncomfortable each time somebody said something. Because in some way it felt a little smug. Like we were sharing a small but powerful, maybe unknown secret just between us spiritual elites. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But as a pastor, I did want to kind of sit down with each person and ask some questions. What does this mean to you? Y'all need Jesus. Do you mean that as, as long as you hold a belief in Jesus, that you can also hold superiority over, G over others? How does Jesus change the way you move in the world? And what are the actions that you engage in that show the radical love of Jesus and neighbor? I also am very aware that I need to ask those questions of myself as the person wearing the shirt. And I need to be pretty honest with myself about the answers. And sometimes they're probably not very flattering. I am loving the videos at the beginning of our worship services during this sermon series telling the story. If you didn't get to hear everything from the video this morning, make sure you go back to our YouTube channel and watch this one, which was part three, and all of them. We've um, seen three so far. 
It was so fun to sit down with four different groups of people, ask some questions, and hear what they had to say. Um, I think I shared a couple weeks ago that I have hours of footage. I do need to admit that I'm going to have to start stepping up my recording skills. I'm very um, cognizant that sometimes it's hard to hear what the people are saying on the videos. So microphones and lighting, those are the next on my list of ever-improving video creation. But if you go and listen to it at home, I think you'll be able to hear what people are saying. Now, there are lots of conversations and comments during the hours of footage that I have that haven't made it to the final cut. Some of that is because it just didn't come out on my video or other weird technical issues. And of course, today, or the video for today, I put together way before I actually wrote the sermon. But if you didn't see it, the question for the video today was, what is our church's most important thing. And I thought that some of the comments about taking care of each other were so lovely, and so those are most of the ones that made it into the video. Comments about the connection between families and individuals in the church and the way that we love and support one another. If you didn't catch it, I want you to watch it again because I think that actually Michelle Hoskins hit it right on the head when she said, you know, it really is about us being a family together, but also that it's not all about us. And that together we look out into the world, we do outreach, we care for other people beyond ourselves. And that sentiment was actually consistent throughout all of the videos. And if I'd known my sermon before I put together the video, I would have focused on some of those, perhaps. Some of those comments where people are talking about the missions project that our church has engaged in, listing out things like Habitat for Humanity or the you know, toy drive that we do at Christmas or putting together sandwiches and socks for the people without homes in the park or about families looking forward to youth mission trips for their own children so that they can develop for themselves a foundational worldview that looks beyond our own lives to the needs of others. Realizing that our care for each other actually extends beyond us, that invites us to care for all God's children, including the least, the last, the lost. Bishop Schnazy writes, the word mission turns church outward. Mission reminds congregations that Christ's compassion, grace, mercy, and love extend to the entire world. And the fruits are cultivated not only within the walls of the church and among the people of the body of Christ that are regularly seen and already known. As a community of faith, we are so much more than a group of people that share a common belief. We share a common practice of loving others beyond ourselves. May we continue to do so in ever-expanding ways.
Because I believe that is the absolute most important thing. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.